the Small Council Radio Show. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about all the new releases uh, or new reveals of Baratheons, the uh, Faithful, Rose Knights, and the Hero Box 1 and 2. Uh, I know we kind of already went over a good chunk of it uh, in the last, uh, not the last show, but uh, we've, we did a, pretty much like a part one of this. Uh, before a lot of it got uh, spoiled and um, revealed. So go back and definitely listen to that one because there's a lot of content, you know, good things on there. But we're going to kind of finish off the the faction by talking about all the new stuff coming out for them. Um, but, you know, tonight with us we have Jose and Chris. Uh, I think uh, Justin might be coming on later. Um, Brett uh, will not be with us tonight. He is helping some people learn how to play the tabletop simulator for Ice and Fire. So um, if you don't know about it or you're thinking about getting into it, it's starting to build up a lot of popularity now, you know, with a lot of people not being able to go to their game store. So definitely check that out. Uh, I'm not sure all the different uh, places you can find it, but I know you can go on Steam and... uh, purchase tabletop simulator the like the generic uh, um, game itself and then from there you can add uh, games to tabletop simulator one being uh, a song of ice and fire um, and uh, yeah definitely check that out on that. yeah uh, Chris has on been uh, messing around with it so uh, yeah Chris will definitely um, uh, that'd be awesome if you could um post a bunch of links and just, you know, because I'm sure it'll definitely gain a lot more popularity. I think a lot of people just don't know about it at this point. So definitely try that out, especially if you've been getting the itch to play. It's definitely uh, um, a nice substitute. Uh, so a rundown of the show is, you know, we, we do the show live every week uh, at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Roughly, we try to aim for an hour, but that never seems to uh, happen. Uh, It ends up usually being about an hour and a half uh, every week. So, And then if you can't make it to the live uh, show at that time, uh, we do have a recording um, of each of the shows, which is on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and uh, the show that we, or the site that we do this through, which is Blog Talk Radio. Um, you can check it out at any of those. Uh, so definitely, uh, if you can't make it to the or listen, you know, to the live show, or even maybe you can't listen to the whole thing, um, check us out uh, on any of those sites. Uh, we do it live, so you guys can call in. So if you're listening to us now, or if you're listening to a recording, um, when you do check us out uh, live, there should be a call-in number. So definitely give us a call. And I'll let you on, and if you want to give, like, your two cents or if you just want to talk to us or ask us a question about something, you know, definitely uh, feel free to do that. Um, but, yeah, so first up uh, on our uh, list, let's see, we're going to be talking about Courtney Penrose. So let me find his cards real quick. Uh, so we already talked about him, his, like, commander ability and uh, his, um, one of his cards. But uh, now that everything's been spoiled, um, we could definitely talk about the rest of it. 
There's a lot. Uh, if you guys haven't seen already, there's a ton of content in these two boxes. So uh, just give me a moment. All right. So for Courtney Penrose, he was the one that uh, uh, we kind of really don't need to talk about too much um, because his other two cards were already uh, listed um, as counterplot and, I believe, surprise uh, strategy. And we, you know, we were talking about how they might be a little different than um, than the neutral and Lannister versions. But uh, from what it looks like, it looks like it is exactly the same. So the counterplot is still a three-up and a reroll if you have the crown. And then the surprise strategy is still uh, the normal effect. And then if you have the mail, uh, you can return one taxi card from your discard pile to your hand. So... Again, if you haven't uh, already listened to it, definitely go back. Uh, there's some really good content on there, especially uh, um, Justin made uh, some really cool points with uh, this guy in particular. Um, so we're just going to jump on uh, over to the next on our list, which is Eldon Estermont. Um, or, you know, sorry, before we go to Eldon, let's talk about... Uh, Courtney's uh, attachment, which we did not talk about last time, which is uh, a two-point attachment. Um, do you guys have a better picture? Uh, the one that is showing is kind of blurry. Hold on. Uh, I'm looking right the, now. The also, did we talk right? about um? Did we talk about his um his last card? The what was it? Defensive. Uh, defensive. Yeah, I believe that was. That was the only one that was shown. So that was like the first okay, one I talked about, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so his, his attachment. attachment oh, go ahead. You probably got a clearer picture. Go ahead. It's called bookkeeping. And it says, as long as Courtney Penrose is on the battlefield, you gain plus one to your tactics hand size. Wow. So. That's um, pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, for two points, think about uh, like. Tyrion uh, NCU for the Lannisters. So Tyrion NCU, granted he's an NCU, and unless you know you have the one Stark player that runs, uh, um, uh, what's his face to kill your NCU, and that might even be till the end of the game. Um, you know, yeah, Jack and Gar. So uh, Tyrion might be an NCU, but you're paying four points for him and just the two orders, whereas Courtney you're going to be able to run him and maybe a more defensive unit, or maybe if they get like a ranged unit, throw him in there and then just have plus one hand size. This will help with uh, the fact that a lot of the cards have the same triggers. So um, you won't be as hard pressed holding on to certain cards if your hand size is, you know, four. And then, you know, you never know. You, you might be playing Game of Thrones and there's that, uh, the objective where if you have it, your hand size is, one additional on top of that. So it's definitely a strong uh, um, power. Two points, I think, is a little steep. Uh, so I'm not sure how much we'll see him in play. Um, it definitely adds a little more control aspect, and I guess uh, I guess not necessarily control, like utility, I think is a better word. Uh, utility for your your list, but I don't know. I I think he he might be more towards the bottom of the two point barrel. What do you guys think? 
Uh, I personally, I think he's priced pretty fair at two points, but I mean, I don't know, two points to have a bigger tag pan. I mean, we're not, you know, I don't, I think it's fine. Um, I mean, I don't think he'll be like a staple, I guess, or like super essential, but you know, um, if you have two, if you have two extra points, you know, why not? Or, you know, if, uh, you're running that more like elite list, you could fit him in. I mean, Texas cards are going to be helpful. So, I don't know. I think he's fine at two points, personally. I agree. I mean, like, I just think he's kind of a weaker two points. Like, I couldn't see him being one point. I think that would be really, really strong. Well, I mean, if you're Brandon Hodor or something, then, then yeah, he's he's a city uh, uh, two-pointer. But, I mean, in real across the board, I think for two points, it's, like, it's fair, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, for a guy like or me, you say, Chris? Steven, for a guy like me who forgets to even like read cards or use cards, I don't really see myself <laughs> using this guy. What's a tactics deck? <laughs> well, thankfully my free folk, I don't get to use that very much anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely not. Uh, I think uh, free folk definitely has the hardest tactics deck to use. Um, in my opinion, it's just, it's so hard, especially if you're not like truly like a horde, um, right. list. Like if you don't run like all, like, I don't know, at least eight units or something, it's hard to get a lot of the triggers off. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I agree. It's a solid, I think it's uh, a solid two points. Um, it's, I'll, I guess I'll leave it at, it's a solid two points situational, like depending on your list. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely not going to be like every list all the time, or even most lists. I think he's gonna he's gonna find homes in just certain lists that really are gonna want to make use of that extra uh, tactics card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's so, not stable, but he's, I think he's worth his points. Yeah. So next up, uh, then we can jump on to uh, Eldon um, Estermont. Uh, let me see if I can find his uh, card here. So, let's see. Commander what did he have attachment. before? We saw uh, Commander. So, before, what was the card that we saw? We saw um, the Hefty Ransom, right? The plus one, you gain a victory point when your unit dies. So, yeah. right. uh, another card he has, which we already knew this one, uh, but um, it's, it might be a little different. Is a martial superiority, which is the same thing that Roderick uh, has, and that's um, when an enemy combat unit uh, attacks before attack dice are rolled. Uh, this uh, this attack rolls. Uh, that's a weird word wording. It should be like that attack. But this attack rolls minus two dice and loses any abilities until the end of the round. And then if they're attacking uh, Elden's. Uh, uh, unit the enemy also becomes weakened. What's uh what's Roderick's second ability? Is that the same thing? Let me check. Uh, hold quick. on, let me yeah, let me check too. Um, yep, it's the same thing. So if they're attacking Roderick, they become weakened. So other than the fact that it changes the person's name, uh, it's the same exact thing as Roderick's, which uh, I think this is can be argue arguable. Uh, like the best card in the game, I wouldn't say easily. I would say just like if you're to you know start having a conversation of what's the best card, uh, 
best uh, tactics card in the game. This is definitely on my list um, for that. And then uh, his other one is Battle Endurance. When a friendly combat unit makes a melee attack before attack dice are rolled, this attack gains the following bonuses based on the game round. Um, and they're cumulative. So round three or higher, plus two attack dice. Round four or higher, plus one to hit. And round five or higher, sundering. So if it's round five and it's end game, your unit is going to get plus two dice, plus one to hit, and sundering. Uh, let's see. What uh, would That's be a nasty good. unit for that to be on? So, um, Sentinels already have Sundering, so that's not as useful. Wardens would be nice, but, I mean, you're just turning, an, uh, like, a so-so melee into a great melee. Uh, what about, uh, what do you think, the Rose Knight or the Rose, Faithful, Rose you Knight. think? With... Yeah, yeah, well, I, it can't, I can't be Faithful, right, because he's, he's running, uh, or that, what did I say, Faithful? Mm-hmm. The Roller guy? It can't be the Roller guys, so it has to be the Rose Knights. Because he's right, he's uh, allegiance running. So. Oh, is he? Uh, yes, you're right. So. So I mean, oh, I think the best option would be the Rosemary. Imagine all this. If you have one rank of stagnites with all their cumulative bonuses, and get rounds like five or six, adding all these cumulative bonuses in there, that's one gross unit. Yeah. Yeah. Nine true. nine dice hitting on twos with thundering vicious critical blow. Ouch. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, though, this card as a whole, I think it's kind of, um, like, it's <clears throat> it's really interesting because, like, depending on the game mode and depending on when you draw this card, it could be the most useless card for you. Like, if, imagine you're playing, like, you know, Fire and Blood, and you start your hand with, like, two of these. That'd be terrible. You know what I mean? Like, I Maybe that's a yeah, useful uh, another thing that... extra card in your hand. Just sit on this yeah. bad board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, what was it? I was, uh, think of it this way also. Um, so even though it's not a like a late late game, uh, I mean, granted, it's better late game, but um, he has one card that is when your unit is destroyed, and then uh, he has, and then the basic deck has one that is when you're destroyed and then this battle endurance isn't going to do anything turn one or turn two so now you have essentially six dead cards turn one and two in your 20 card deck so that could be really bad um so granted i believe all three of his cards are really strong so i think maybe that's why um i believe you know because the plus one victory points basically negate the victory point of your opponent um, is amazing. And then, you know, this card uh, for all the cumulative uh, effects to really just dish out all that extra damage. And then, like I was saying, martial superiority. Uh, so maybe that's why, you know, he's going to have this uh, kind of like this downside of, you know, you could draw into two dead cards first turn between, you know, having six, uh, you know, six cards that do nothing for you turn one and two because let's you know granted it does happen but you shouldn't be counting on one of your units dying in turn one or two so <laughs> uh, so yeah I think uh, that's kind of like a user beware um, that he is yeah. really strong I mean, in the this... sense that his tax cards are great 
but it's going to kind of bog down what your draw um, ratio. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, this is this is this card is like the definition of situational. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those like you know, if you could pull it off, like if you get it, you know, turn four, turn five. I mean, that could be. That's really good. It's a really good card. So, but it's just super situational yep. as well. Yeah, someone like him, like you were saying, Chris, this would actually be a perfect situation to have uh, uh, Courtney Penrose uh, attachment for two points because that extra card is going to allow you to at least hold on to, you know, one of your late game cards um, without having to worry about bogging down your entire hand. Um, yeah, so just, uh, you know, keep that in mind if you're uh, wanting to use uh, Pen or Elton here. So uh, next up, we can talk about uh, Eldon's um, NCU, if I can find him. Uh, looks like I don't have him. Chris, you mind reading uh, off his effect for me? Yeah, let me. So both uh, three his point commander MCU. or his oh, three-point. All right. Uh, yeah, three-point. Elderly MCU. Caution. It says, whenever Elden claims a zone on the tactics board, you you may replace that zone's effect with draw three tactics cards, place one of those cards at the bottom of your tactics deck, and the rest in your hand. All right. So I'm guessing they're doing this. I don't know. This is just a, a guess. And I'm guessing because this was already in production or already made before Bowen got changed, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a change to him the, uh, not instantly, but the, when the first Barassian changes come around, that might be a change, is turning him to a four-point. Um, then again, he replaces the spot, doesn't he? Yes. Is what yes, you're saying? Does. So maybe maybe not. Uh, I could definitely see, because I think that was one of the um, things people were talking about with Bowen, is turn him to a repla- replacement effect. Uh, they just went the route with making him four points, which I think was probably the better option. But uh, maybe the fact placing the spot is definitely worth it. But uh, Axel, what uh, loyalty is he? Is he? He's uh, Stannis. So unfortunately, yeah. you won't be able to play him with that combo we were just talking about with Eldon and uh, Penrose uh, and um, and Courtney, because this would definitely be an amazing uh, effect um, to maybe take the mail first round and then use him second action to then get more cards uh that would help a lot but unfortunately because he is a different uh loyalty you're not going to be able to do that but i don't know how you feel about it um uh jose but i i really like this three-point ncu especially because you need those taxes cards to help with you know the timing effects um, yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's good. Um, I also like him. Um, you know, I think we've talked about on the show plenty of times how important Texas cards are. Um, so I think, I think it's, I think it's solid. Um, his best situation, if you could pull it off somehow, would be like a three point, I mean, three point, uh, three, uh, MCU list. Cause then if you, you know, you have three MCUs and you're placing one, it's not a big deal. That'd be like where he shines the most. Um, my my personal play style, I personally don't like guys that replace zones. I like in addition to when you grab a spot. But I do think that in general he's a good guy and that I think we'll see we'll see a lot of use of him for sure. 
What do you think, uh, Chris? I know you have a lot of three-point NCUs and a decent amount of the replacement effect ones for free folk. Yeah, I mean, like Jose said, I think we all like the ones that give you an effect in addition to something else. But as far as replacing goes, especially like with my free folk ones, whenever you get, you can kind of wait and use them later. So you're not really pigeonholed into getting one spot. You can always get this effect no matter which one it is. Even if it's not really a spot that's going to really benefit you that much, you're just like, eh, I don't really care. Replace it, and then you get this effect, which is the one you wanted. Agreed. So, like, um, I was definitely kind of in the same boat as you, Jose. Um, Usually my exception is if I'm running three NCUs. Um, I actually kind of prefer... I actually kind of prefer them to replace the effect if I have three, because then I know the last spot that's available to me is usually not useful to me or my opponent, and I can Mm -hmm. replace it for that cool effect. Uh, Exactly. Especially, I think I talked about this in the last uh, show for Baratheons uh, that we talked about, is that I am not a big fan of running three NCUs, but for Baratheons, I love running three. So, I think this is also why, you know, me being more of a Stannis player than Renly and the fact that he's three points and he's a replacement effect and because I run Baratheons at three NCUs, just, you know, I actually really like this NCU a lot. It's probably um, going to easily take the spot over uh, Shira. Is that how you say your name? The other, uh, the current three-point NCU? Wait, wait, wait. wait. This, the, guy we're, the guy we're talking about is Renly, though, isn't he? Isn't that crazy? Uh, I don't think so. Um, oh, this is the Elden or Elden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Renly. He's Team Renly. Yeah. Elden. Oh, what am I thinking? Sorry, guys. So everyone listening that's now completely confused. Um, so this is Elden. For some reason, my mind was on the because our next Axel. up we're going to talk about is Axel, and he also has a three-point NCU. So I apologize, everyone. My eyes were looking at the very next one down. So you absolutely can do this, uh, or no, you can't. You still can't do this combo because if you're running Elden NCU, you're not running Elden Commander. Uh, but you could still run um, Courtney uh, Penrose attachment. With, let's say you want to run Renly, um, Commander, and then run Courtney, Penrose, Attachment, and then run, uh, because you're saving a point by running Elden, uh, NCU, uh, it makes running that two-point uh, Courtney not so bad. So for five points between the NCU and the Attachment of these guys, you have an extra hand size and uh, more card draw and card filter because you're drawing three, putting one back at the bottom. Uh, and then keeping the others. So uh, it definitely shady. can be a very strong combo. Um, so that is a little disappointing. I got my hopes up thinking that it was uh, Stannis, but um, I think uh, Renly has been getting a little more love than Stannis, uh, but I think uh, Stannis definitely has some really powerful tools, and we'll definitely be getting to those. Um, I've, been, so I've been saying that from the up, jump. Definitely Renly... I was going to say really quick, definitely Renly, I think, has a lot. Like, I feel like he's he's getting more love. But I think Stannis, his stuff is still good, but I think it's just, um, I don't know, it just takes more, um, like, like patience and practice, I guess, to pull off 
like the way you need it to work. Whereas like Renly is like they're just really good and they're just really straightforward. No, yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely a lot more uh I guess user friendly. Um in the same way that like Night's Watch are a lot more forgiving. And that just that's natural when you have healing uh healing effects, I guess is the best way to put it. When you have a lot of effects that heal you, um, it definitely helps, you know, with uh, if you make a mistake or something, you can, you know, bounce back a lot easier from it. Uh, whereas Stannis, you know, may not have that, uh, have that, but he, he has a higher ceiling, I guess. Whereas Renly has just a more, uh, how to put it, has more of like a more reliable outcome. But Stannis, if you do it right, he has a better potential of an outcome. Does that make sense, uh, Jose? Yeah, no, I think you explained it well. Gotcha. All right, so <laughs> um, let's see who's next up. So I don't actually mess it up this time. Uh, Axel Florence. So Axel, I believe, is uh, Stannis, correct? He is a yeah, Stannis man, Stannis. yes. All right, so we talked about his uh, commander um, last time uh, and one of his cards. Which one was it? Uh, all of his cards kind of are similar. Uh, was it the Fury Charge, the Panicked, and uh, Weakened? That sounds right. Or was it, or Fury? There's a. I'll just go over all of them because two of them are, are very similar. Uh, one is Fury Charge. When a friendly combat unit successfully charges, the defender becomes panicked. If the attacker is a Relore unit, the defender also becomes vulnerable. Uh, and then it has Fury Resolve. When a friendly unit passes a morale, one enemy combat unit within short of that friendly unit becomes panicked. And if the friendly unit is a Relore unit, the enemy also becomes weakened. So between those two cards, you have a ton of uh, tokens you're throwing out, especially if you wanted to throw Shira in there and then uh, Stannis... Um, you know, is just you know, Grant you won't be using Stannis Commander, but uh he's just kind of more of like the, the throw out token uh play style. And then uh his last card is uh when a friendly engaged combat unit makes a melee attack, that attack rolls plus two attack dice. The attacker is roller unit, this attack also gains sundering. So that one I don't know, that I like the other ones because tokens are always very powerful. This one is nice, but I don't know, compared to a lot of other tactics cards out there, um, the plus two, the fact that you have to be a reward to even get the sundering part, so really it's just like the plus two attack dice if you're not running like a lot of reward units. Uh, I don't know, it's good. Uh, I just feel like it's lacking a little bit. What do you think, Jose? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, I think, uh, granted, I mean, obviously no one's played these guys yet, but on paper, he's probably one of my least favorite for Stannis. Um, I under, I get where they're trying to go with him, like with the whole token thing and the uh, Relore thing. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I think there's just better options for, for Stannis. I mean, I think it's really what it boils down to. I don't think he's like terrible, but 
I think there's better options for a commander. And again, this is on paper. Who knows when, you know, we start playing games and getting some games in. I feel differently, but that's how I feel right now. Oh, yeah, I agree you, with Chris. Jose. Gotcha. I agree with you guys. I mean, he's decent, but, you know, there's better choices right now, in my opinion. Yeah, he's definitely no bad cards. Um, none of the cards, like, stand out as, like, ridiculously amazing. Um, but overall, solid commander, I think. Um, and then next up for him, we have the his NCU, which is three points, um, which is uh, he influences. Whenever the influence unit activates, each player may expend one condition token uh, to deal that unit uh, two wounds. So, um, it's, uh, I know that a lot of people, uh, were questioning why each player can do this. Uh, the reason being is if I'm about to attack you and I want to expend, let's say the weekend, I can expend the weekend to do two wounds to you. And then, uh, your opponent might want to say, oh, well, the vulnerable or that panicked is probably going to cause me to take more than two uh, wounds, so I'd rather just expend it so they can't use it on me, uh, especially if, let's say, I'm about to attack like a three-up save unit and I don't have any, like, modifiers. Uh, that vulnerable can make a big deal, a lot more than two wounds can. Um, it's not something you're going to want to do all the time, but it gives you the option, so it sort of gives the opponent the option to, um, you know, have somewhat of a say. Uh, so I definitely, I definitely like it. Yeah, I would agree. I, I like it too. Um, I think he fits right into like the current Stannis that's out right now with like all the, with the token shenanigans. Uh, I think he fits right in with that. Um, and then I think when you pair him with like Shira, I mean, that could, I mean, that's like, that's solid, you know, and that plus like you have, um, the current Stannis has that, uh, one true king card where he puts out all three tokens. I mean, I don't know. I think he flows really well with the Stannis of out. So I think you could pull off some really fun uh, combos with him. Yep. And the nice thing is his effect because it it influences whatever unit you want. Um, you can influence, uh, let's see, can you influence a friendly unit? Uh, just a combat unit, right? Yeah, just a so, combat unit. So even if you had a weakened token, let's say, on, uh, uh, Jose, you had a weakened token on your um, Stagnites, you could influence them with Axel and do two wounds to them so that you're swinging. Even if you lose a rank, you're still swinging at your full dice, and now you're not uh, weakened no more. Yeah, for sure. That's a great idea. So That's what I'm saying. Like, definitely, you, you can do uh, some really awesome stuff with them. Yeah. Especially with all the you know, what you're saying with the one true king, you can hand all these tokens out, and uh, you know uh, another thing you could do with him is if you know there's a unit in the way back that you're not really be able, you're not able to touch very much. You know you you can't like hurt him as much as you would like. Uh, let's say a ranged unit maybe. Um, we'll get to her uh, in a little bit, but you could mel to do some damage, and then you can. Uh, you can Axel first, so that way, if they activate, you can do two wounds to them, and uh, and then when they when you activate your uh, your Mel, you can possibly finish them off. Let's say they're just outside of the 
um, ability to kill them with Mel, you can get some extra wounds off with uh, Axel. Can so, you throw tokens? Yeah. Def- Do the dogs definitely a, a solid three? Uh, do dogs? Um, let's see, to a combat units. Um, it's blurry on my end, but yes, it looks like it just says a combat unit, so it would uh, affect wolves. So Axel could snipe wolves if you can get tokens on them. Uh, so if you can time it right and be able to, or even place multiple tokens where uh, where Catelyn won't be able to heal both tokens off, unless obviously they take the, the money back, but um, you could snipe wolves every turn with Axel for three points. Yeah, or I mean, Not a bit or our favorite solo, I mean, uh, Dor Mormont. You, you want to read? Uh, do you have a clearer picture, Chris? Uh, if anyone is wondering, I'm asking Chris because Chris has an iPhone and I don't, and we don't have the update yet. So I'm looking off the leaked pictures, and they're kind of blurry. Uh, Chris has the, he's able to look at like the clear pictures. I'll just read the card wanna... It's called In right. Relor's Name. Influence. When this unit claims a tactic zone, attach this card to a combat unit until the end of the round. Whenever the influence unit activates, each player may expend one condition token from it to deal it two wounds. Nice. So yeah, you you definitely attach this to wolves uh, and pop them, or even bears uh, if you just you know if you want to get rid of a bear. Uh, Leave my bears you know, alone. Just anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh giants this would be pretty nice too if uh you know if you attach this to a giant charge them and are able to do four wounds the giant won't even be able to activate without him dying so you'd have to have a way to heal the giant before even activating um which is possible i mean there's cards to do that for free folk but you could definitely put your opponent in a tough situation if you're able to pull that off and they have no way to heal because you can't just not activate. You can choose to do nothing, but you're still activating. So definitely a very uh, strong three-point NCU, and I'm definitely really excited to to try Axel out. Uh, Next up we have uh, Loris Tyrell Commander. Uh, All right, here he is. so what did we have before? Uh, I'll just go over them again because I can't remember which one it was because I've looked at all of his cards enough that I can't remember which one he was uh, uh, revealed with. But uh, when a friendly NCU claims a tactics board, replace that zone's effect with, you may restore up to three wounds total and remove up to two condition tokens total from any number of friendly combat units. Um, this I think is amazing. I think it's uh, the fact that it can be any of your NCUs to any spot on the board uh, is nice. I guess then again, uh, um, it? I guess Renly's card is the same way. I guess I'm just thinking uh, Stannis who has to take the crown. Um, but, uh, but yeah, healing three wounds and rest- restoring two condition tokens, especially if your first uh, thing you did was take the, uh, the um, Mail, or sorry, not the mail, the money, in order to heal three wounds and then restore a token. Then your next activation, do another NCU on another spot to block something and replace it 
with this. Now you're healing a total of six wounds and three tokens. Uh, that can get to be, you know, really strong and really annoying if you're playing, let's say, like a, a weakened Tywin uh, list, and you're throwing all these tokens out, and they're just, you know, tossing them away like they're nothing. Uh, that can get kind of annoying. Or even if you're a Stannis player uh, and you're trying to do maybe that uh, combos that we were just talking about with uh, the tokens, you'll be able to do this and basically negate that. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> he's definitely a counter to the exact thing we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Baratheons, Baratheons have counters all over the place, but I feel like there is no better counter to Baratheons than Baratheons. <laughs> as long as you're running the opposite loyalty, you're almost exactly the uh, counter to yourself, which is interesting and annoying at the same time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think a very cool design next, mechanic. What was that? I said, I think that's just a really cool design mechanic, just kind of yeah, you know, in the spirit of what they do, just kind of always countering each other. Yeah, it definitely uh, puts a lot of their strengths in check. Uh, then again, you know, the nice thing about this game is you're not going to be facing uh, a certain faction because now that there's seven factions and more to come uh, and a lot of people diversifying, you know, and and jumping to the newer, you know, some of the newer factions and some people staying with the older ones, uh, going to a, a tournament and only having, you know, if you have four rounds, the chances that you'll face uh, your bad matchup, you know, is actually pretty low now, uh, as long as, you know, you don't pick a, an army where your, uh, your weakness is something that's all over the place. Uh, but, you know, for a Baratheon, like so let's say I'm Stannis Baratheon, uh, list, the chances of me in four rounds facing another Baratheon and them also then being Renly, it's pretty low. So that's pretty nice that you don't have to worry about running into your weakness all the time. Um, next up is uh, Overgrowth. When a friendly combat unit makes a melee attack before attack dice are rolled, for each enemy rank destroyed by this attack, the unit may restore D3 wounds. So this can be this could get pretty ridiculous if you, um, let's see, when a friendly combat unit makes a melee attack before, so if you charge in with a unit uh, and are able to, like, just demolish two uh, two ranks off of that unit, you can, you know, possibly get six wounds back, uh, you know, an average of four. But uh, I guess normally you're not going to kill more than a rank, so it's, it just it's nice it's a nice card with lots of potential. Yeah, I mean well and and, and just in that off chance I think it'd be really fun to pull off is that you when you one shot a unit, you're healing potentially nine dudes back. I mean I think you if you one shot something you probably have you don't have the need to heal nine wounds, but that would still be kinda of cool to pull off though. Yeah. The unfortunately the chances of one shotting something are really low because it shares the same trigger as a lot of the other buffs in the game uh that they could give themselves. So it's pretty much they'd only be attacking with whatever their base profile is. 
which is still doable, especially if, like, the opponent has a vulnerable and they panicked on them. To him being loyalty Renly, uh, you're not going to be having a ton of tokens uh, everywhere. So the chances of it hitting its ceiling of, you know, wiping out three ranks of a unit and then killing them and then getting, you know, six to nine, you know, anywhere from three to nine wounds back is pretty low, but it's definitely still possible. Yeah, no, for sure. It's just something that would be kind of, like, fun if you're able to do. I, I mean, really rare, for sure. But... <laughs> I don't know if it would be so fun for your opponent, especially if somehow you charged in with uh, <laughs> with three guys in your in your stagnite and you hit them with max <laughs> and then you healed nine wounds back. <laughs> I'm pretty that sure there'd be, be a lot of salt. <laughs> as a crucial guy, I would love that. <laughs> no, as being you, you would love that. <laughs> well, that's I'm pretty true. sure you ask any of the other playing. free folk players out there and you probably wouldn't agree. <laughs> so yeah, one thing true. to keep in mind, this card actually kind of sucks uh, against um, anything that's not infantry. I mean, it's not too bad against cavalry, but you're still having to do roughly about six wounds to even trigger its effect once. And uh, against solos, um, they count as one rank now, right? They changed that. So if you do kill a solo with them, you will trigger it. Uh, um, trigger this once, I think. Because before they counted as not having a rank. Now I think the new rules say they count as a rank. Um, not uh, for anyone listening. Not for not for contesting. For contesting, they count as one rank for every wound. But as far as they themselves, I believe in the rule book, say that they are uh, they count as a single rank. So for example, if I put Northern Ferocity on my uh, Direwolf, they will get vicious. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly how it's listed out, but I think you're correct, though. So, if you kill a solo with this, you'll only ever get the trigger its effect once, uh, but at least it will still trigger. Cavalry, though, this definitely would be pretty hard to trigger uh, since um, you need to do, unless they're already weakened or already took took some damage from something else. Uh, so it's definitely, you know, just keep that in mind when you're using this card. And then the last one, we have when a friendly combat unit activates. Uh, if they are within short of Loris or uh, Loris's unit, they roll plus one attack die and gain Sundering. Uh, I mean, I think we're just talking about how that other card that gave plus two attack dice and then Sundering if you're a Relore unit was already kind of so-so. The fact that this one um, this one has to be a unit that's within short of Loris's unit and then they're only getting the plus one die in Sundering. Then again, now that I say that, this happens when they activate. You'll be able to stack this with uh, <clears throat> Overgrowth um, because they'll get the plus one die and oh, yeah. thundering. Uh, mm -hmm. So now that you know, now that I'm seeing kind of the combo between the two cards, it definitely seems a lot more worth it. Uh, then again, you're going to have to be careful with Loris the same way that you're careful with Renly. Otherwise, you're going to have a card that uh, is going to be useless. dead because they have yeah, that has to be short of Loris, and if Loris dies, you can't be short of him. 
uh, another thing to keep in mind, I know most people already know this, but uh, a unit is always considered to be short or considered to be range of itself. So you could use this on Loris himself because he is within short of himself. Uh, I know. Yeah, I was, I was literally going to point that out. Yeah, I know uh, this is like common sense for a lot of people, but it's, you know, some people, if they're maybe newer to tabletop games, it might not seem obvious. Uh, I mean, for a long time, uh, some games were, you know, were arguing that um, it's just one of those, you know, just one of those things to keep in mind uh, that it's not always like super, super obvious. Um, so, uh, and that's kind of wraps up uh, Loris. Um, and we are I believe we already talked about his attachment last uh last show, didn't we? Cuz that one was already revealed. Yeah. 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 It's just the precision. Um so next up we're going to talk about Andrew Estermont. Um so again, we already talked about his commander hey, and and his uh <clears throat> what was it um Attrition tactics, right? The deal one of your combat units yeah. uh, any number of wounds to so arguably the most powerful ridiculous card in the game, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. So the, the fact that he is at least uh, loyalty Stannis is something because if he was loyalty Renly where you could heal like crazy this would just no. be crazy stupid good at least he's in Stannis where you're not going to be healing not even nearly as much but uh, so attrition tactics we talked about last time which is deal a friendly combat unit any number of wounds and for each wound you dealt your opponent must discard that many tactics cards at random at random so definitely go back and listen to our other show where we just we talked about this one in pretty good detail. Uh, next up is at any cost, um, when a friendly combat unit would fail a panic test, kill one model in that unit to automatically pass that test instead. So it's just like a guard captain, but in the form of a, a instead of an order, it's a tactics card. Um, I like it. Uh, the fact that it's a tactics card, though, just doesn't seem as good. Uh, for the fact that, uh, you know, you have a, a guard captain that's doing it uh, upwards of uh, six times in a game. Um, I don't know. I, I like the card. I'm just not sure how I feel about it until, like, I use it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm always one that I try my very best not to compare things across factions, I guess. So, like, the guard captain, I mean, first of all, he's a point. In the, so, if you're running, you know, however many you have, you're paying a point per versus this is free. And then I don't think, as far as I can remember, or even based on what's released now we're talking about, I don't think there's anything for Stannis that helps you pass panics. Oh, there's that one card um, actually in the deck. There's one card in his, I think it's, I think it's his deck. Where there's a uh, he's able to like uh, they don't take negatives from, from uh, morale and stuff like that, but nothing to actually like help um, you pass it though. Uh, um, so conviction it would work with really well because you could uh, um, 
so if you would fail, you count as auto-passing, but brassing and eviction, if you fail, you lose it. So if you're like, I really miss, need this conviction mm-hmm. to get those, you know, sixes, like the, the male effect, let's say, um, yeah. you could auto-pass so that way you can keep uh, conviction on you. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. Just in general, I don't really like to, like, compare across. Because, like I said, I think a lot of times, like, some, even if it's a similar ability or the same ability in a different army, it has a different, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but, like, a different, like, vibe to it. Just because the army's placed. Yeah, repercussion or vibe or cost or even because, cause, like, the, the army's played differently. So, like, that's right. the fit in that army. You know what I mean? Are you referring so to I, guard I think captain or guard captain in comparison to um, the card, the any cost card? Okay, you're not you're not talking about conviction, right? You're talking about the guard captain or all the other stuff. Yes, yeah, because we because I was because I'm speaking okay. to the fact that like uh, you mentioned that the Lannisters can just do it six up to six times per game, and then yeah. um, I was just I was just saying that it's it's always tough to compare across factions, you know. Um, so I was explaining my, my thought process behind that comment, essentially. Yeah. At least uh, the nice thing is um, uh, his any cost is uh, when you would fail and his attrition tactics is start of any turn. Uh, and then going on to his other one is um, which uh, is not at, uh, so I'll just talk about those two real quick. Those two um, allow for uh, timings and triggers that are not seen really in the Baratheon deck, so it, it diversifies it a little bit. Uh, his last card, though, does share the timing with uh, like one or two of the cards in the Baratheon deck, which is after this unit is attacked but not destroyed. So it still sa- shares the same timing of after being attacked. Um, it just has the extra criteria that you can't die. Um, no, there's there's a uh, what, what card is it? There's a card there that has the exact same um, trigger. It's a uh, what last you can attack back. No, last stand you have to you have to be destroyed. It's the other one that lets you attack back. Um, oh, it's what up? It's uh, ours is the fury. Uh, I think that's it. That's the one that um, what's his face replaces, right? Davos replaces. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's so. the one then. Yeah, that's, that's that the one. That one says uh, if you have not been destroyed, right? Uh, yeah, so I'm reading it right now. After a friendly combat unit attack, but not destroyed melee. So I believe that's the only one it shares timing with, so it's not too big a deal. Uh, so you're only going to have, you know, four out of 20 cards. Still a lot, but uh, you'll be able to trigger that one uh, between multiple attacks. Um, but the other two are very, you know, the, at any cost doesn't share, I believe, with any other card. And the start of any turn, I mean, that's your turn or the opponent's turn. So that's going to be able to, you're going to be have a lot of opportunities to play that one. Uh, anyways, the uh, the third one, the after a unit is attacked but not destroyed with melee, uh, attach this card to that unit until the end of the game. Um while this card is attached, this unit may never become panicked, and if it's uh, Andrew Andrew's unit, it also may never become weakened. Uh, so that's really powerful, I think. Um, the fact that it's going till the end of the game, 
and you're able to, you know, avoid being panicked uh, will help with uh, if you want to run like Sentinels or something where their, you know, their morale isn't the greatest. Um, at least you'll have uh, a decent shot to pass. But if they have, you know, panics on you all the time, then like you're almost sure, for sure, never going to pass it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think they're a card that you think exactly like you said is going to help with sentinels, which as of right now are not my favorite unit for that reason. So, you know, he might be someone that you want to run some sentinels with and be okay about it. Um, and in general, just you know, seeing all three of his cards, what his actual attachment part does. I mean, I think he's probably one of my favorite uh, commanders to come off for Team Stainless. Um, so next up we have uh, Davos. Uh, so Chris, I'll probably need your help with this one just because the the leaked photos um, cut off one side of his cards. Do you want the commander or the other one? Uh, let me see real quick. So uh, just his tactics cards because uh, we went over his commander. Um, so we saw uh, flea bottom tricks. It, yeah. We saw flea bottom tricks, which is you take uh, hours of the fury out of the tactics deck in order to put this in, and that's uh, when a friendly combat unit activates and we make a free march or maneuver. Um, I can let's see. I see everything, and for the king. Oh, you know what? Sorry, I have all of them. I thought I was missing one. So we'll start with. Ev- so he's going to have four tactics cards in his deck. Um, he has everything, which is when a friendly combat unit is destroyed, you may move one attachment from that unit to another friendly combat unit within long range, ignoring the usual attachment restrictions. So. This can be actually very useful. The fact that uh, it's when a combat unit's destroyed uh, kind of hurts because you already have one, which is last stand. So I'm always I always try to avoid uh, running more than just uh, more than two because I hate having four of my 20 cards uh, be able to um, you know I have to wait till my units die. Uh, so. Uh, one thing that this would definitely be very useful with is, um, uh, what is it? So if someone put, uh, uh, what's his name, Jack and Hagar in your unit, uh, if they died, you could throw Jack in into another unit, I believe. Um, unless Jack and, uh, Jack and might say when the unit's destroyed, so that might actually hurt you. Let me check real quick. Um Jack and Hagar says, um, this model is always the last. Uh, when this unit is destroyed, your opponent... So, yeah, I think that actually might... Um, then again, it depends. I think might it might be who has priority because he triggers when the unit's destroyed. Then again, if he's not being killed, he's being moved somewhere else. I think even if he doesn't have priority, he's still going to trigger. Um, so scratch that part. But still, you know, any other uh, like high priority attachment that you have, uh, it's definitely going to help you save those points. Uh, for example, if you're spending 
two or three points on an attachment to make a unit like super strong, uh, this will give you the ability to make sure that you're getting even more usefulness out of that attachment. Um, then, what do you think, uh, Jose? Um, yeah, I think it's a cool card. I think I like his other two cards more, but it's a cool card, though. Um, could be definitely useful, uh, like you said, especially running a few attachments. Um, you know, or even honestly, even if it's just like a wooden going into another unit, I mean, that's still going to be helpful. You know, why not? Sorry, guys, it looks like our something's going up with the thing. It's getting choppy again. I blame Brett, even though he's not here. <laughs> well, Chris, you <laughs> sounded fine right there, so hopefully it's uh, uh, passed. Uh, next up we have, uh, let's see, I lost my place with... Uh, his cards. Okay. So that was um everything. That was everything. Next is for Yeah, for <clears throat> the true king. When a friendly combat unit activates, choose one of the following. If this unit contains uh Davos, you may choose two instead. Uh plus two to your movement, plus one to hit, and this unit restores two wounds or removes conditions. So it's uh, the same uh, text card that uh, Jon Snow has, and it's very strong. Um, now, Davos himself is not, like, a super um, strong, like, uh, attachment where giving this to his unit is probably not going to be as cool as, uh, you know, giving it to Jon's unit, but it's still definitely something useful and uh, can definitely... Um, you know, a lot of people aren't expecting that uh, plus two movement. Um, you know, people will position their units in such a way that your normal movement is not going to get you there. But the fact that you have this to give you extra movement and the flea bottom tricks to give you uh, a free sorry, a free march or maneuver action uh, when they activate. Granted, they're both when you activate, so you're not going to be able to do both. But you have four cards in your deck that are now going to um, increase your ability to move across the field. And um, I wouldn't say that Baratheons are like the slowest army out there, but they're definitely slower than most. Uh, they're about on par with uh, um, Lannisters. Once, you know, obviously once Baratheons get their cavalry unit, uh, but as far as, like, their infantry, is about on par with uh, Lannisters. So adding these cards will definitely uh, catch your opponent off guard because they, you know, they won't be expecting it usually. Yeah, I mean, not only will they not be expecting it in a lot of situations, but I think it's going to help for game builds like Clash of Kings or anything like that where you want to get to that token. You know, because um, like I said, I, just because we don't have that movement, I even mentioned, I think, on one of our previous shows that I kind of just expect my opponent to get there first and I have to get them off. So, like, this is something that could help with that, you know. All right. Next up, we have Parlay. 
when a friendly combat unit activates. So that's definitely going to be one of his downsides. He has um, one card that's when your opponent, when your unit is destroyed, and you know that's going to hurt with the fact that there already is one, so four, like I mentioned. But now he's adding six cards when you activate. And I believe uh, um, Brathians already have two, maybe three. Uh, I want to say maybe two. I might be thinking of Renly or Stannis. But that's going to add a lot of when you activate triggers. Uh, this one is as an action this unit may place one activation token on an enemy combat unit within short range. So a nice way to kind of, you know, especially if you you have like kind of a useless unit um, engaged with one of your opponent's best units, this is definitely a nice way to uh, make your opponent not swing with a better unit than you're not swinging with, if that makes sense. Uh, you'll be able to nullify both, you know, your unit and your opponent's unit. Um, so. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, so anytime I, you can get a guy that can make another opponent's unit not do anything is pretty useful. Yeah, could you imagine if your free folk had this? Dude, that would be awesome. So, um, I figured out uh, it might be the um, uh, Chris Krista doesn't seem choppy to me. I think it might be uh, me and uh, Jose are on our phones because you can uh, do you can host either on your phone or on your PC. So I'm thinking it might be uh, that we're on our phones. So definitely for the next show, I'm gonna try PC and see if uh, we go throughout it without a hitch. Um, but uh, so I think we can kind of move on um, before, you know, the show gets way too long. We got uh, Stannis and Renly. Um, let's see here. So Stannis, we saw his one card, which I wasn't too impressed with, which was the um, attacker suffers D3 plus one automatic hits and four if you're a reward unit. Um, next he ha he has, uh, when a friendly Which combat unit activates, I've... yeah, so that would be like the one upside is if you can, uh, if you can, uh, affect the ranks of the unit, uh, by this, then it definitely could be nice, but I mean, most units, I mean, you'd have to have four automatic hits, I feel like. And then if they have a four-up save, I mean, they're going to lose two guys. It's something, I guess. But I guess it's it's one of those, I, uh, you know, on, on paper. Oh, go ahead. I was, gonna say, I was just clarifying, because I know when we first talked about it, there was, like, confusion about that. So I just yeah. to clarify that. And I was going to say, too, especially it could be even, like, you know what I mean? Like, versus, yeah. I guess because you said, like, they have to hit a four, but they're thinking, like, if they have to hit a four range, but if they don't, then it's already more useful at that point. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm just not still, like, too convinced on the card. Um, but 
definitely have to play around with it more for me and, see, you know, kind of see, like, the scenarios happen. Um, so, let's see, harsh decisions. When a friendly combat unit activates, this unit may suffer D3 wounds to gain one of the following effects until the end of the turn. Uh, plus two attack dice. Uh, this unit cannot suffer disorderly charges. This unit may pivot before choosing its action. If it's a reward unit, it may choose one additional. So I don't know if I would ever do this on a non-reward unit, but if it is a reward unit and you're getting two effects, uh, now it is going to suck when you if you roll a three, but like a two or a one is not bad uh, to get two of these effects, especially if, you know, you are not in line of sight of what you need to charge, which could happen a lot. Uh, or even if you're in line of sight, now you can make sure you're getting those rerolls because you can't su suffer disorderly. Uh, Rob Stark, uh, commander, will not be able to make you disorderly because it says you can't suffer one. You'll get plus two attack dice. Uh, so this card on a reward unit could be amazing. But on something that isn't, it's, you know, I don't know if I would really play it on something that isn't a roar unit. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, would, I would agree with you. I think that if you get in general, anyone that, from, you know, as more stuff comes out, including the stuff that's coming out now, um, I think that uh, anyone playing Stannis is going to probably have a handful of roar units. Um, so I'm going to, uh, because the choppiness is, uh, getting really bad guys. Um, we're going to finish up with Stannis' last, last card, and then we'll probably do another episode. Uh, I don't know if we can, we'll try to make it a bonus episode depending on, uh, the hosts and if they're available. Uh, you know, that way we don't have to wait a whole week to get through the rest of it. But uh, for some reason, the choppiness is just really bad uh, tonight. So if you listen to our, if this is your first time listening, um, this has only happened once before, and I don't know what it's uh, what's causing it. So I'm definitely gonna work with like the um, technical, like the the tech team, and uh, figure out what it could be. Um, so we're gonna talk uh, lastly about uh, in Rolor's name. When a friendly reward unit activates, this unit suffers a panic test. On a success, attach this card to that unit until the end of the round. While attached, this unit gains plus one to its defense saves rolls. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I think it could be really cool with the with the faithful. Um, the because you'll be able to pass pretty easy, uh, and then the turn there bad save into a mediocre one. Um, but it's only till the end of the round. Then again, I guess if you can pass on the stagnite unit would be cool. Um, giving them a three up save. Uh, and they do have a good morale as well to make it happen. Or no, sorry. It would have to be a stagnite unit with something making it roar or maybe, uh, um, uh, what are they, the the mother and daughter? Because um, I believe they can influence uh, units to make them more aware. Yeah. Shireen. So you could you could definitely uh, use them to influence your stagnites and then play this card on them. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. Again, this is a card that I think I would have to play 
enough of and kind of to see the value in it? What do you think, Jose? Um, yeah, I mean, it's all right. Personally, um, personally, out of all three of his cards, Harsh Decisions, I think, is my favorite. Um, but this one, this one's not bad. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just tough. I mean, I, as of now, the only thing I could see it working on is going to be, like you said, Stagnites or, uh, I think, what's the other, um, the new guys, um, yeah, because they have because um, their thing is uh, each time they pass them more outside. So like that would work really well with them. Um, you know, now as I'm saying this out loud, it's actually a pretty cool combo. Um, <laughs> each time this unit passes them more outside, it gains one face token and they can expend them basically. Um, so that could be work really well for them actually if you run you know maybe two units of that in your, your army. So, I don't know, like you said, I think, um, you know, on paper it's one thing. But, you know, as I'm reading in, like I said, as I just read this even, I thought of a cool combo. So, who knows, like, in practice, it could be really good. I think just in, this, uh, in general, this new status is, like, I got to, I gotta like, really see how he's going to do as a whole. Um, I really I really hope, I really want to like him a lot. His model is super cool. And then, you know, it's kind of cool to have a new status. Um, so... I want to make. I want to. I'm excited to use them and see how everything kind of like flows together and performs as a whole. Um, but the card, like you said, back to the card. Um, you know, on paper, it's it's all right. But you know, we'll see what, what kind of cool stuff we can come up with. Yep. Um, so things just kind of cleared up a little bit. So I'm gonna you know roll the dice. Let's uh, we'll finish off with. Renly, and um, I believe we skipped over S- Andrew Estermont's attachment and Davis's attachment and NCU. So we'll finish up with just those, and we'll leave uh, a lot of the other stuff for maybe a bonus episode. Um, so we had uh, for Renly's uh, alternate uh, commander, um, when a friendly combat unit containing an attachment is destroyed, uh, one other friendly combat unit containing attachment may make one free charge action against the attacker or may remove their activation token, if any. Uh, so this is the one that we talked about before, and it just seems very situational. Uh, so definitely go check out the other uh, show um, to get a little more insight on that one. Uh, In His Brother's Shadows, uh, when an enemy commander activates, choose one. Cancel the commander's abilities. Renly's unit may make one free march or retreat action. So this could be really useful because uh, even if they have an NCU commander, this will still trigger, um, and they'll, you'll be able to get this effect. So the only time you won't be able to is if they have a field commander and you kill them. Um, it's nice that it's giving Renly a free you know, march or retreat, uh, especially like if you're going to retreat um, after they activate um, in order to then recharge back in to get those rerolls or a free march let's say um, they activate and then you march Renly up to now be in position to do something you know like a charge uh, of like a ranged unit or something uh, in the backfield.
Uh, next up, we have Wealth and Cunning, uh, another neutral card, um, which is when a friendly unit attacks or is attacked. In each case, after attack dice are rolled, if the attacker is attacking, deal an additional D3 um, or auto 3 if you have the mail. If defending, automatically block D3 or auto 3 if you have the money. So uh, a very strong card for uh, neutrals, and the fact that they have access to it is going to be amazing, I think. Um, you can't uh, reuse it like four times like you can or six times like you can in neutrals, but it's still, you know, being able to block Amen. extra hits in, in a list where or in an army where you're already healing a lot. What were you going to say? I said amen. Oh, amen. <laughs> yeah. So, or if, you know, you feel like your defense is holding up really good, it lets you push out that little bit of extra, like, offense that Runley um, isn't really hurting for, but, you know, he definitely lacks a little more of the offense compared to uh, some of the other commanders. Um, let's see. And that is all of his cards. And we will go back and talk about Seaworth and uh, Andrew Estremont. Uh, we'll start with uh, Davos's, uh, um uh, attachment. Attachment? So, yeah. So, Want me to read it? Or do you have it? Yeah, if you could. It's kind of blurry. Yeah. So it says, Order Smuggler's Aid. When another friendly combat unit with only one remaining rank activates, this unit suffers D3 wounds. Restore one plus that many wounds to the targeted friendly combat unit. And now it's the order. Wait, uh, wait, I don't. Wait, that was Davos. What was this? Davos's. Davos's two point attachment. attachment. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. I'm sorry. No, you're good. And then after that's true loyalist. If attached to a unit with loyalty, when attacking with only one remaining rank, this unit may count as having two remaining ranks instead. Which I've noticed a lot of Stannis dudes have that, like, like side ability like that, which is kind of cool. Agreed. It's the same as uh, uh, Devin. Son, is that his name? Devin Seaworth, his son? Yeah, like, so like garbage attachment, yeah. <laughs> so what is it he counts he makes the unit count uh, if they're at one they count as two correct yeah that, that's hmm. always a, that's a cool part that him and both his son have I think let's see what a you know that actually is pretty decent in uh, the reward faithful you know because they're only at four dice at last rank and that will ensure that they're never going to be that know, that days. bad hitting back. Yeah, they're they're going to be eight six six, which would be really nice. Um, and then, sorry, Chris, say that uh, first ability, the order again. When a smuggler says, when another friendly combat unit with only one remaining rank activates, this unit suffers D three wounds. Restore one plus that many wounds to the targeted friendly combat unit. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about that part. Um, for two points, I feel like he's almost in the same boat as as his son. That, but I don't know. I feel like he's better than his son. 
but I don't know if I would ever really run either of them at two points. Well, yeah, how you, I mean, how do you feel for, about it? Well, I was going to say for, for him, um, I mean, from what I understand from reading his card, there's no distance limit, right? As far like not within long range, not within short range. So, I mean, it's just all over the board. And Correct. he provides something that Stannis' army lacks, which is healing. So I think he's pretty good for his point value. He's two points, right? Affirmative. Yeah. No, Wait, so he doesn't have – he didn't say short range for his order? No, there's no, no it's just, it's stated range. When, when, yeah, it says when another friendly combat unit with only one remaining rank activated. So there's no stipulation for distance. So it's across the board. As long as he's alive, you have a way to heal, which Stannis' army kind of – I mean, it can do it, like with the board, but it lacks that area. It's like it's not like a remedy, you know. And his unit's what's taking the damage, and he's healing a different unit. Correct. The one. Um, yes. Yeah, his unit takes the D three and it restores the unit that activated that many wounds. Seems like it could be very I've... useful with uh, Mel, because Mel will be doing damage to you. It'll give you some options to, like, do damage certain places, and you can leave him in, like, your anchor unit that's not going to see a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he would even be great in a unit of, of Warden. Like, I think that'd be fine where to put him in, you know? Yeah. I think I think he's worth his points. I, I like him. I think he's good. Uh, next up we have his NCU, if you wouldn't mind reading that one for me, Chris. Yeah, moving. Let me just pull it up real quick. And then, so loyalty to Stannis, he has Pathfinder, which uses unit gains plus one and ignores the dangerous hindering rough keywords on the terrain pieces. That's just his commander one. Wait, the, no, the, um, the three-point yeah, yeah, NCU, NCU or four-point? Oh, wait. Four-point oh, down there. There's another one, sorry. So, that is Smuggler's Cunning. Davos begins the game with two order tokens on him. When a friendly combat unit charges, after rolling charge distance dice, you may remove one order token from Davos to re-roll any of those dice. How many points is that? Four. Four. Yeah, that's that's too steep, I think. Yeah, I mean, I understand that they can't I understand that they probably couldn't make another three-point NCU for them, uh, but, yeah, four points. I think he needs, like, four of those tokens, in my opinion, because you're not, like, auto-passing, right? You're just re-rolling? Yeah, it's Correct. just a re-roll. So, I mean, yeah, I, he should easily, I think, have four order tokens um, if he, if he for had that four, ability. He, that would pull, he'd pull his weight with four, for sure. Well, because, yeah, then now, you know, you're not very good at, like, being fast, but at least he's going to help with that, with the rerolls. But, I mean, I don't know, two two of them. I mean, I would take Alistair over him in a heartbeat every single time for the exactly. same number of yep. tokens. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I was going to say, even though Alistair, um, um, what's his last name? So, because there's like four Alistairs we talked about. I don't want to mix X. Four. What's his last name? There's yeah, X. Four. Uh, 
Laurent, and there's Alistair. Um, oh, it's first, okay. The first name is my bad, my bad. Yeah, so it's it's okay. So Alistair, yeah. So even though he has oh, Alistair Florent is the guy in the course set or the starter set. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, talking about the devil. And then the other so, guy is Axel. Gotcha. So what I'm saying is that even though Alistair also has two tokens, his in his in, for what he provides, he's worth the points more than Davos. Like Davos, what he's providing, it's not worth having only two. Whereas Alistair is getting that board spot is, I think, worth having two. If that makes sense. Yeah, like Alistair, I think would be way too strong uh, if he had more than two. Uh, order tokens, exactly. but like Davos, like I don't know, two. I mean, they must know something that we don't, because that's like <laughs> it's not just like underpowered. I feel like it's really underpowered. Um, for four, for four points, but yeah, for four points, I think even at three points, I think he would just be barely. Uh, I don't know. At three points, I don't think he'd be underpowered just because it's not a replacement effect. It's just a nice little, you know, you're just, it's easier to make a, a three-point attachment that doesn't do much as long as it doesn't replace a spot, if that makes sense. Um, no, it 100% does. But at, uh, at four points, I mean, there's so many options out there, especially with the neutrals. I mean, you're talking about two of these order tokens over Varus. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, man, um, so we'll definitely Real see how cool, things no, get changed. Points cool. what yeah, mean? exactly. Uh, I said re-rolls he are cool, but cool. points are cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, I actually think we have a caller, so I'm going to let him on before we finish up here. Um. Hey, how's it going? Uh, 6290? Yeah, good. How are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I watched the show a few times. I'm kind of a new, newish player. Played five games, but I was, uh, I found out about the game a few years ago when it was like kind of new and a, and a friend of a friend kind of got me into it and uh, I was just holding out for Baratheons the whole time as, like, a huge Stannis apologist. So I was like, I'll do the game once Stannis comes out. <laughs> there you so go. There like, you go. Set it up. So I, I wanted to come out. Like, okay, good. I'm in, like I, like I promised. But I was really I was really excited for the Davos character, obviously, because it's all a fan favorite for a lot of us. And the, I was surprised they came out with the three versions of him. Um, just it's a lot of real estate in that box to have him taking up three different versions. And the one you guys were just talking about, the NCU, is probably the most disappointing one for me, uh, just because had it, had it been released in the box set, like the starter set, I would have felt differently about it as an option. But now that there are a lot of options between Neutral Heroes 1, 2, and the new box set for the Baratheon itself, it's hard to find a place to fit him into any list now for that four points and two tokens. Exactly. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> and that's a good point. <laughs> Excuse me. That's a good point that you brought up. That I think I agree with you that if it was released in the um, starter set, you might feel a little differently. That's that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. That's a good point. I mean, I play my brother-in-law. He just kind of 
you know, we went for the Starks and the starter set and, you know, just kind of did the plain Jane thing with Starks. But, you know, playing Rob all the time was just kind of a nuisance when you're trying to – he plays that card that prevents you from charging the way you want to, uh, like superior positioning, I think. And yep, yep. It's, it's a huge pain because like, every time I wanted to charge with my Sentinels, which I'm not a big fan of, like, I'm, I'm in the minority, I think, on that, but I'm not a big fan of the Sentinels. And when they, being the ones that kind of are the best at doing charges where everyone else in the Army was kind of better at receiving charges, you know, he played superior positioning, and it was like always when I didn't want it. And I'm like, man, I wish I could re-roll that or something. And there is your Davos, but two times for a re-roll that you might fail again is like, okay, if I fail at once, I'm really annoyed that I spent four points to have one of these two tokens fail. Exactly. Yep. I 100% agree. I think think you're not going to see a lot of play with him. And, I don't know, Simon always does, you know, the right thing, and they always, you know, make this game awesome. And I think uh, if he doesn't really see any play, they'll definitely uh, do something to, like, kind of – you know, change him up. Um, I think the easiest way is just simply give him more tokens, in my opinion. Uh, and like we were mentioning before, four tokens I think would be absolutely fair uh, for his point cost. You know, now if it was if it was two tokens and automatically count as successful, right. then that's a different story. I mean, that would be really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably take for that or the multiple tokens or if some some of you guys have said if he was a three-pointer being that there's just the other uh, the Axel Florence three-point option and I think Simon seems to have a way of with the, this IP of giving us characters that we didn't really even give a second thought to and making them characters you're going to want to play with versus the famous characters that everyone's seemingly already all about and they're like, wait, no, look at this random guy. He's actually pretty cool. Or, you know, Shira Errol is like the, one of the big jokes about that, the, the ongoing thing about no one's ever heard of her, but we like to play her a lot in the, in the game. So Axel Florent was kind of opposite of the Davos thing, the one that kind of surprised me of. I'm not a big Axel Florent fan. I don't think anyone was. Even the quote on his card was like an anti-Axel Florent quote from Jon Snow. And so it was like, back to that play him as the NCU commander, which is like a value in and of itself for certain game modes, was like, huh, I didn't ever want to, I was like excluding him before they, they released the rules. I was thinking, I have this part of this guy, I never really cared about him, but now that you see the rules, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I might want to play this guy as NCU so I can get the three, three NCU lists, you know, that I kind of wanted to build, and he kind of lets you do that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Especially if they were to make Davos three points, which I think is probably the least, like, out of the three options we just gave, I think that's the one I hope they don't really do. But three three-point NCUs, I mean, is ridiculously strong, as free folk show all the time. Um, yes, sir. So definitely, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, I would run all three <laughs> all the time for nine points. I mean, that's... It's easy to run three NCUs when you either have the free one for an NCU or you know three three pointers. So uh, I hope that they 
either I think either of those other two options would be awesome in my opinion. Either just change it to four tokens or change it to be automatically in. And just going back to, I, mean, I think you're right. Um, that would you'd see that a lot. And you guys were saying earlier with Renly, I forget who it was, but you mentioned that the Renly faction sub faction seems kind of more coherent um, as far as its mission on the tabletop, uh, being that the theme of Renly healing is kind of across the board, and it seems like no combination of Renly heroes is a, necessarily a bad decision to make gameplay-wise, whereas with Stannis, you know, obviously like, I'm a huge Stannis apologist, but like Stannis is, we're talking about how divided between Renly and Stannis, and then if you zoom in further, Stannis, his own army is split into factions, so we're looking at a confused army for a confused, divided faction within a faction. Yeah, you definitely, I agree with you. You definitely have to be, like, really selective and really know the combos you're looking for to pull off the scanners. But that being said, I think it is, like, I think Dave mentioned it earlier, too, that even though Renly has, like, like I said, the coherency within his army, I think Stannis has the ability to have more potential. Um, it's just going to take a lot more work to, to get there. And it's like definitely not a reward. Yeah, it is, you, no, exactly what it is. that's exactly what it is. And it's, it's not beginner-friendly either, I don't think. This is not like a I, – I personally would not recommend him to like a beginner player. I would recommend the Renly side of him. Uh, and like what the couple attachments uh, you were just talking about, with that second ability, the uh, – was it lo- uh, unyielding loyalty or something like that? Uh, it was the second ability for Davos and Andrew uh, and – Devin, and I think it's true loyalty, but yeah, yeah, the way they have that structured is like clearly the unit they're intended for doesn't really exist yet, and whether that's the supposed Kingsmen we've heard tell about, that would make sense to me thematically, and I think how they're structuring it, they're almost kind of they're not forcing you, but they're highly suggesting that you kind of follow the path of thematic. you know, the, the thematic decisions seem to kind of lead you towards the list-building decisions, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the, the last, the new Stannis we were talking about, it's all very Relore-friendly, where you almost don't want to take anything but Relore-centric units or guys you could turn into Relore units, or else he just doesn't synergize well with his cards and whatnot. And I'm finding yep. that in the last one you were talking about, uh, his commander, the new one, the one true king with the Rolor status, he, uh, you know, he's another one where it's like the model is really awesome. The card, the artwork, the, the even the quote on it from Varys is pretty cool. And, you know, I, I like that they have the pre Rolor status and then the post Rolor status. And his cards, it's like you guys were saying, the, con- the conflict you kind of had talking about it was, like the, there's a couple trigger overlaps there with a lot of the Baratheon engaged friendly unit thing, and yet his cards are saying just when a unit activates, which I, I'm assuming you can't use with when an engaged friendly unit activates. It's one or the other. It's like the unit's either in combat yet or or it's not. And so the fact that two of his cards two of his cards are, are doing that, it's the same sort of overlap that, albeit not a dis- 
Yeah, so I want to add. And, uh, I mean, the next. One. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the next one we're actually going to talk about is Andrew uh, Estermont. So he has he gives the you know, he's in Critical Blow, but then he also has the True Loyalist as well, which I want, which is why I wanted to bring it up because now um, noticing we have three attachment options that will give uh, uh, give that ability. Is Andrew Estermont? Is he a uh, Stannis? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are the three, right? Andrew, uh, um, Davos, and Axel are the three commanders for Stannis? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so Stannis is going to have three attachments. I believe all of them cost two points, so if you're willing to invest like six points, you could have, you know, three units that will never count as being uh, at their last rank. And yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome, especially with regard like how it links up with all of the self-wounding mechanics. It's just that the only unit we've seen yet that has loyalty is the Rolor Faithful, and it seems like these guys, being Kingsmen, are not really supposed to be with Rolor Faithful. Not that they can't be, but it just seems like that wasn't the intention design-wise. Yep. And who knows, maybe there's going to be some other something, maybe even like a commander that we haven't seen yet that is going to like boost true uh true loyalty um maybe like uh i don't know as long as you're not at your last rank something uh, i don't know it could be anything really but uh but the fact that there's three of these guys that all have that ability uh you know might be like a like a nod that something is coming that's going to make them you know just shine especially because uh uh devin devin seaworth just seems kind of useless yeah. right now. Yeah, I, the, but the, the, but Andrew and uh, Davos seem pretty useful. Uh, Andrews is the critical blow, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and I I don't know if it's I mean maybe you guys can can kind of bounce this around, but you've played a lot more games than I have about a half dozen games, and then the craziness happened, and there goes the uh, public gaming, but. Uh, do you think the critical blow right now in the absence of a loyalty unit that he's meant to be in is worth the two points in and of itself? Because I'm not really convinced by that. Um, well, the nice thing about Stannis is that he, uh, or no, I guess uh, um, loyalty is different than a uh, than an affiliation. Hmm. Um, so at the moment, yeah, it would just be the faithful, uh, or does it say a loyalty unit or a unit with loyalty? Because uh, let's say if Stannis is in the unit, oh no, I guess if Stannis is in the unit, he can't be in the unit. So I don't know. Um, it's hard to say because uh, in order to get those triggers, yeah, you would have to be in a reward faithful unit with all three of them. And then that's making three nine point units. Right. And I have a heart, like people, I mean, it's the topic's kind of been beat to death about the 
tag nights, but between the seven point Relore faithful uh, and the upcoming, we don't know much about them yet, but you know, we know they're coming tag champions cavalry who are going to be probably no, no fewer than nine points. Let's say, uh, you know, where does that leave, you know, yield stag nights that were already kind of unpopular when you're looking at this more interesting, you know, seven point unit that has some really cool synergies with some of the card effects. Uh, and then you look at cavalry, which is what Baratheons have been wanting since pretty much day one. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if, like, uh, I don't know, if, like, they had, like, maybe a, um, an NCU that gave loyalty, like, the way that uh, the mother and daughter give the affiliation of yeah. R'hllor. Um, that way, you know, because S- uh, Andrew Estermont would be awesome in uh, a unit of Sentinels, uh, you know, Critical Blow and Sundering, and then you're never at that last rank. Um, for attack dice, uh, but right now that's not possible. There's no way to make them loyalty, as far as I know. It, it just the there's all so many there's so many options that are in this box, and and as is, you kind of have to put a little bit of faith, as you were kind of alluded to, in in the company. They they kind of always manage to kind of make it all make sense in the end. But I feel like we were. Ahead of time, we were given a lot of, of tools, but, but you know, the toolbox is kind of locked in a sense. So they're, they're there, but and they're not unplayable, which is kind of a word I don't really like to throw around, but they're not unplayable, but they're, they're not seeing that potential you guys were talking about earlier when you are saying Stannis, Stannis probably has that potential in his stuff. I can kind of see that, but what we've got right now with the units for the foreseeable future a lot of these guys, I'm having a hard time building lists around them, especially with the, the two points here and the two points there and the critical blow with nothing else and the Davos NCU. It, you know, I, I'm having a hard time fitting them into, like, interesting lists and, and being comfortable with the end result. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, uh, so that kind of, like, wraps up everything. Um uh, for those listening, uh, we're going to go over Brienne, uh, Marjorie, uh, Mel, the Rose Knights, the Faithful, and then kind of tie everything together in one final, like, you know, talk uh, about the faction. Um, and uh, so definitely keep uh, an eye on that episode. We're probably going to, I'm going to do my best to make it a bonus episode, so no should be sometime before next Tuesday if you're wanting to listen to it live. Um, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, you uh, it. so, uh, if you can find me on Facebook, uh, we'll give you a unit box, uh, as a kind of a surprise giveaway. Um, Chris, uh, you want to announce our 400, uh, like Mark, um, winner. All right, let me go back and pull it up on my right here. We have Chad Schmid. So Chad uh, uh, from Ohio. Awesome. Just uh, if you're listening, Chad, or if someone that knows Chad's listening, uh, send us a message and we'll get your info and we'll send you out a unit box from the list that we have. Um, and then uh, if we don't hear from you in like a day or something, we'll we'll search you. 
search you out and get a hold of you. Um, and I'll post the yeah, um, on the web page too. Yep. And then um, uh, to our caller, uh, yeah, just uh, send me a message, and then I'll send you a list of all the options we have that you can pick from, and uh, we'll definitely send you a unit box uh, for calling in. Uh, or if you can't find them, just a uh, message page too. Hey, and anyone, uh, sorry, say that again. Am I looking for for David? Is is it Dave Meckler? Yeah, you can uh, send me a message. And then anyone listening that's worried, I uh, I work uh, as an EMT and I have uh, sanitation wipes, and I will definitely be sanitizing the stuff oh, okay. before I send them. So if if they're not sanitized, well, that's, that's on the mail. Ca- that's on the mail carriers. <laughs> so, no, um, yeah. It. Thanks for thanks for taking the, the call of mine. It's a cool little bonus that engineers were to do. That's pretty awesome. And I've I've tried to I haven't gotten to catch the, them all live, but this time I uh, I, I caught this one. And the topic obviously was of uh, interest to me. So I really appreciate getting the chance to talk to you guys. No, yeah, I appreciate you calling. That's you know that's why we Thank do it this way. We 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 want to hear from you know just our listeners and you know kind of get their feedback and you know that gives people kind of you know more to do if you know because sometimes listening to these longer shows unless you're like painting or something it's hard to just kind of listen to them straight through. But if you're able to like call in and give your two cents, then it definitely helps in that regard. So, yeah, I hope to uh, teach your next one, your bonus uh, on the uh, the rest of the unit. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, if uh, if you have time, call in for the bonus one, or maybe next week or something, and uh, uh, maybe we can get to you. It depends on if we have any other callers. But uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks again. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. You too. Yeah, thank you. All right, so uh, so that kind of wraps up this show. Um, like I said, uh, stay tuned for like a bonus one if we can. Uh, we have Justin on here. Better late than ever, Mr. Justin. Um, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind uh, of my fault. So, uh, you know, if you're one of the winners, especially if you're our 200 and 300 mark and 400 mark winners, um, I believe Brett already has one of your guys uh, has already talked to you and is getting your unit box out. Uh, the other guys uh, we're going to try to contact uh, um, or contact us. And uh, the caller that we just had, uh, if you're still listening, uh, don't forget to message me if you haven't already. Uh, we'll definitely get all those boxes out to you guys. Um, and we have plenty more to give away. So uh, for every 100 likes we hit, uh, we will give away a unit box. At 500 and 1,000, we will do a unit box for, uh, to one person and a Stark or Lannister starter half to another. And if you are not interested in the Stark or Lannister starter half, uh, we will substitute it for two unit boxes of your choice. Um, so definitely uh, share out the show, uh, like uh, the page, and just try to get as many people uh, you know to know about the show as you can because that's definitely the best way uh, to help promote our show is just word of mouth and sharing it out. 
Um, there's still a lot of people out there that don't know we do this show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time, uh, and we talk about pretty much anything and everything in Ice and Fire. We also have a Discord, which we will be uh, sharing out uh, soon, and you guys can join that and give suggestions for shows, uh, especially you know since our uh, the like next six weeks of shows that we had planned because of Adepticon kind of fell through. Um, we definitely can use uh, a couple of suggestions. Not only that, but we want to hear what you guys, you know, want, you know, to hear about, or we want to talk about what you guys want to hear about. So definitely uh, join that and give us some suggestions on there. Um, and, uh, thank you to all my guests. Oh yeah, go ahead. And we kind of talked about it uh, the beginning, but due to our new reality of life right now, we're probably going to try to launch some kind of. TTS tabletop simulator for this league tournament thing, so keep an eye out for that too. So download it if you if you can. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't really interest interest me at first, um, especially because I've played other games uh, online like that uh, before uh, that were you know that were meant to be played like in person, but you know it's. It's nice to have like uh this alternative. Uh but now, you know, considering everything, you know, I'm I'm excited to kinda of try it and uh start it up. I already had tabletop simulator but I never really played any of the games on it. Um so definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, I know they just had an eight person tournament and they're in the finals right now. Um and you know, and then they play casually. So uh especially if you can't get out of the house, uh consider uh downloading that. Uh, and Chris is going to send out the links and all the info on that, so you'll be able to do it. And I know, I believe, On the Table Gaming also has uh, some ways to, uh, or has some info out there about it as well. So um, you definitely uh, be able to, you know, find the means to be able to download it and, you know, learn the ins and outs of the program. So, uh, but yeah, thank you to my uh, hosts uh, that are on tonight. Um and I will talk to you guys about maybe doing a, uh, a bonus show uh, to cover the rest of the Baratheons since they're, they release just so much content that it's it's hard to get it all through. I mean, th- this is our second show, and, you know, we've already talked about them, like, what, a little over three hours worth, uh, and then we're still going to do a bonus show. So, uh, see so ya. Yeah, um, thank you guys for uh, listening in. And uh, this is the small council, and it is dismissed.